Hello and welcome to another episode of the Detox Podcast, a culture and conversation podcast where you can detox from the world around you and get a window into how other people live their lives. Come detox with detox. I'm your host, Joe Sean. On today's episode, I had the absolute pleasure of speaking to actor Matt Pasqua. Matt is on the show today. We talk about what life is like coming out of the pandemic. We talk about what Pride Month has historically meant for him as a bi man. And we also talk about his acting career. Matt has been in a fantastic number of different shows, movies, etc. So I think you're absolutely going to enjoy this episode. And I'm very excited to let you know that I found out about Matt through former guest Nicole Payson's podcast, Coming Out with Lauren and Nicole. Nicole had Matt on her show. I was blown away with his story and his perspective. He was so nice. Reached out to him, asked him to be on the show. We were able to make it happen. And I'm excited to kick off Pride Month with his story. So thank you to Nicole. Thank you to Matt. I'm excited, listeners. If this is your first time coming to the show, welcome. I hope you are able to kick back, relax, and just detox for the next little bit. Get a window into how other people live their lives. And if you are a repeat listener, welcome back. I am excited that you came back. Now, if you like the show, please feel free to like, subscribe, download, rate, review, share the episode and the podcast with a friend. It really helps that independent podcast like myself. So without further ado, oh, I do want to let you know that today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Empire Toys. Nostalgia is something everyone loves, and Empire Toys in Keller, Texas is on Nostalgia Overload. With toys and action figures from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and today, Empire Toys is a one-stop shop for a trip down memory lane and a chance to reclaim what was once yours, but likely sold at a garage sale. Check out Empire Toys on Facebook, Instagram, or at TheEmpireToys.com. Now, without further ado, my conversation with Matt Pasqua is up after this. What's going on? My name is Joe Shaw, and I host the music podcast After the Encore. After the Encore is a long-form career retrospective podcast that takes you behind the music of some of your favorite artists. Musicians like John Oates of Holland Oates, Chris Kirkpatrick of NSYNC, and Jarrett Reddick of Bowling for Soup, and many others. Each season of the podcast is themed around a different topic, like the boy bands of the 90s, badass women in music, or even artists that were featured on the TV show, The Voice. I am committed to taking you deep inside an artist's mind to find out why they do what they do, what does music mean to them, and how do they quantify success. We tell an overarching story which will take you not only behind the music, but into the psyche of the artists themselves. After the Encore is a proud member of the Roberts Media Group podcast family, Check us out on any of your favorite podcast platforms today. Welcome back to the Detox Podcast. With me at this time is Matt Pasqua. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Joe. Thank you so much for having me. 
I am super excited to have you on the show today. I know we've been trying to do it for a little bit and we've been talking yes. and I'm I'm excited because as we know, Pride Month is kicking off tomorrow. And so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Pride Month. What does it mean to you? What does it mean to us as a society? There's a lot to, to dig into, um, but I want to kind of level set here at the top of the podcast. So here at the Detox Podcast, for those who may not know, it is a culture and conversation podcast where we invite people to detox from their life for 45, 50, 60 minutes, get a window into how other people live their lives. And so I like to ask people right off the top, Matt, what are you currently detoxing from? I think I'm detoxing from the pandemic, mm -hmm. as we all are, you know, and, and it's, it's almost like a reverse, right? Where I think the pandemic initially gave us a moment to detox, um, to step back from everything, and I guess obviously protect ourselves from the unknown. Mm -hmm. um, but now, you know, that we've, I, I have been talking to so many people about how so much has changed in the last two months, um, two to three months. I feel like earlier this year, the idea of a vaccine rollout felt somewhat hopeless. And um, for someone like myself, I was very much like, oh, it'll be summertime, late summer, hopefully by the fall, I'll, I'll finally get vaccinated. Mm -hmm. But um, I look back now, I mean, here we are on, on the eve of Pride Month. And, you know, I was able to get vaccinated like two months ago, very casually, yes. actually. Yes. Yeah. So, so uh, the, the detox, it's almost like it's getting back into the swing of things. And, and it's exciting. I feel like there's a great energy, um, you know, definitely these past several weeks and these past couple months, but leading into the summer, I feel like those of us who have wanted to get vaccinated, I feel like we're, we're back out there and it feels good. Yes. Yes. I yeah. saw, I saw a meme uh, the other day, which, uh, you know, take, take from this what you will, but it said right. summer 2021 uh, vibe, uh, vaxxed, waxed and ready to go. So. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, I think that's, that's everybody, right? I, I, I you know, right. I, I think everyone had their various levels of, um, of how to operate over the, especially the last say six months, because it depended on where you, where you were in the country and, and how bad, if any, if there were a spike and, and, you know, if you had like a group to quarantine with and all, all these various factors. But, uh, for me, I went out to dinner for a friend's birthday last weekend and, uh, it was just wild to see people out and about, like it, there's something really exciting about yep. people being out and about safely. Yes. You know? A hundred percent. One thing that I worked quite a bit on over the last year was prioritizing myself in that self-care space. I think, yes. I think for many of us, it became very easy to commit to the hustle and bustle of I've worked all day or all night. And instead of resting or taking time to recalibrate or just level set with my individual feelings, I'm changing clothes, showering, getting ready, going back out with friends. And I think sometimes that's needed, right? So some of that self-care right. is getting with our community and, and enjoying the time together. And then there's other times where we're doing, we're, we're just, I found for myself, there was a lot of avoiding the quiet, avoiding the introspective moments um, Absolutely. and possibly being uncertain of what, what I would find. Uh, when I would sit uh, alone and just reflect from the day or reflect from the weekend. Right. And having to do that for the last <laughs> 12 plus months is, uh, is intense. It's quite intense. Yeah. I, I find that, um, you know, just as the world is slowly opening up again, I've been catching up with friends 
And so many of us have had these sort of, you know, I don't want to be dramatic here, but these giant discoveries or these revelations from the pandemic. And, you know, it, it's terrible at, at the cost of so many lives. It, 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 it's heartbreaking. But on a microscopic level for any of us just to have made some positive turns and really taken that time to look at ourselves and make adjustments. Um, I mean, it's the, it's the tiniest of blessings to come from a very challenging and horrible time. Yes. Well said. Well said. I am hopeful as more and more of us get vaccinated, as we saw now we've got 12 to 16 or 12 to 17 year olds who are able to get vaccinated, right. you know, and yeah. then we're in trials for kids my age to get vaccinated. So we're, we're getting there and I'm, right. I'm eagerly anticipating that day where we can have the whole family vaccinated. And I know that day is coming soon, but it, it is. Yeah. It, it is something where I think I will take the, the learnings from this time of, of being able to prioritize individual self, immediate family, and then immediate community on a layered basis with me forward. And I think there might be a little bit of readjustment as we, as we slowly reenter society. But I think I would like to think the positive, the positive lessons that have been there have, um, will continue to remain. For sure. I think so too. I think so too. I mean, it, it's sort of impossible for them not to continue to resonate with us. I, I think, um, you know, there's, there's obviously taking time for yourself, which you're right. I mean, leading into everyone that I've spoken with, everyone in my circles, I mean, leading up to the shutdown, so many of us were going so, so hard and so fast um, and everything work oriented and really blocking out, you know, moments of a day until, until you're going to sleep. And yeah, I, I mean, it, it's so, hard to think about now not having a moment of decompression yeah like i think we've all really come to appreciate that and see what it does for how what what good it does for us in our work what good it does for us in our relationships and our friendships and in our roles and families and i think it's yeah i think it'd be too i think it'd be quite devastating and actually um again i think it'd just be a challenge to actually drop all that just because the world's open up again i think it's yeah. part of our evolution right now a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Well, talking about our full authentic selves is a good segue into today's sponsor of the podcast, which is Snuffy, which is a clothing brand about empowering you to show your weird unapologetically with bravery and confidence. So 10% of profit goes to LGBTQ plus organizations led by trans people of color. So shop online now at snuffy.co. That's snuffy, S-N-U-F-F-Y dot C-O. The owner and operator of Snuffy is Nick Sylvester, who designed the Detox Podcast logos. So if you like it, you want to go support him, check it out, snuffy.co. So Matt, I want to let the listeners know. So Nicole Payson has been on the podcast a couple of times, and she hosts the brilliant Coming Out with Lauren and Nicole podcast, of which you were featured on, and that's where I heard your story. So yes, I on the eve of Pride Month, uh, we're going to talk about a lot of very prideful things. Listeners can't see, but I'm wearing a rainbow shirt today, so that I way you know, I'm in the spirit of it. Yes. Let's talk about how do you identify... And as a member of the community, and then I'd love to know um, how or what does Pride Month mean to you? Or sure. what has it historically meant to you, I guess, would be a better tee up question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so um, I identify as bi. Um, and yes, I feel like pride has just always represented community to me and almost family. Um there, there's something I, I feel like I was just having a conversation with a friend about this, but something that I 
really love about anybody who identifies under the queer umbrella, if mm-hmm. you will, um, is that there's there's a journey we've had to take um, independently, like incredibly solo. Um, that you know, and it 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 it's just is just something inherent within us um, to find to find ourselves at a deeper level than. You know, I, I'm not saying straight people don't have to do that. Right. Um, they're, they're, you know, obviously equal challenges um, and just in terms of like self-discovery, mm-hmm. but it, it's such a defining journey for us. And I just think to be able to like be amongst our community, our family and have this month, it, it's, it's honestly inspiring. Like, I think it's just to know that, you know, if, you, if you're out at like a pride parade or a pride event, um, to have all of us in the community and our allies there. It's like, just to know that we've all been through this together. Yeah. Oddly enough, you know, and again, it's such a solo journey. Um, but to just know that you have like a family there who, who gets it, it's, it's incredibly inspiring. I know that last year with all of us being quarantined and no vaccination and no nothing on the horizon and having to cancel a lot of events, uh, was heartbreaking. Uh, especially the community when we have, you know, some, some folks have a larger immediate community that they're able to rely on and, and seek out for love and support. And then there's others who use the opportunity for a get together or a parade as perhaps one of the few moments um, for a while to, to feel that loving embrace from the community. And so not to have, not to not have that opportunity was definitely heartbreaking, but I do feel there is a, concerted effort from groups I know I saw quite a bit of my friends in LA my friends in New York and then of course here in Texas of different virtual events different get-togethers different like overly cautious events to just make sure that we're reaching out to members of the community so everyone can feel that embrace so I know in your community of LA what did you see as far as efforts to continue to unite the community while everyone is in this virtual space or was last year, and then maybe still continues to be a little bit. Right, right. Well, I mean, I remember last year, a lot of things had just evolved to, as as with the rest of life, um, to this Zoom format. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I remember doing a couple, I think I'd done a couple just like mingling events. Um, I, I, it might've been through Outfest. I can't remember now specifically last year, um, but I'd done a few events and there's something... Um, actually kind of more intimate about having had virtual celebrations last year than these sort of traditional parties, events, parades, right. gatherings. I mean, it's great fun and it's, it's, it's a wonderful way to just continue to meet people. And, um, but I, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think there are some of us that have like the immediacy of, of, the, of the community of, of, of these families, of these circles of, of you know, queer friends mm-hmm. um, and family members. But um, not everybody does, and so I think the again, I think the joy of these virtual celebrations was the intimacy of them. I feel like, you know, to be able to really connect with someone in this format, I think a lot of us uh, kind of shake our heads at it sometimes. But there's, I think it actually demands a little bit more, and so the people that show up like really want to be there and and really either need to be there and, and need that, like you said, that big embrace, even virtually. Um, so I, I just found like the energy almost oddly warmer than yeah. than a traditional a, a traditional pride 
And we all know that like that energy is already very warm and exciting and loving. So, so yeah, there was, there's something oddly elevated about it and, but welcome obviously during a time where it was still incredibly unknown, you know, looking back a year ago, um, it's just thinking how far we've come. It's, it's pretty incredible. It is incredible. You bring up a very good point about the people want to be there. I, I did. F- I have found that quite a bit of, you know, there, so many times of, yeah, I'll go to this party or I'll go to this parade or I'll, I'll not not saying a drug along, but maybe the feeling of like, well, I guess like I'll go. Sure. I like, should go. Yeah. yeah. But then when you have to sit and you have to think and you have to plan and you have to commit to showing up, whether on camera or not, but showing up and listening and engaging, it it requires a lot. And I found that oh. when I've signed up for different gatherings or talks or chats, I've been more intentional about how I show up as opposed to just kind of getting swept up in the yes. the vibe of the, the moment type yes. of thing type of thing yeah I, I totally agree I mean and that's that's the thing with zoom like uh you know and in and the greater picture we all talk about the convenience it's given to us and, and it's it's obviously quite true um but for everything social everything sort of festival oriented um and again bringing it back to pride yeah I, I don't know there, there's just like purpose and intention and it's it's great because because yeah. again listen this coming uh, this month it's like there's so much to look forward to but it does bring back a little bit of those um you know if it, it, social anxieties it, it does i think which we all kind of may have to some degree now just because yep. it, you know I, there's everything covid oriented but it's just again coming out of this time where we've had a lot of like self-work and introspection and then we're just thrust quite quickly back into the to the world yeah um yeah i don't know i i i part of me really enjoyed that you know just that elevated level of of, of intention and purpose 100 percent. i want to so speaking of purpose and intent i want to segue into your acting career. So what those may not be aware of is that you are a fantastically gifted actor. And so thank you. Having, you know, uh, gotten a degree in theater myself, I know a thing or two. No, I'm totally, totally bullshit, you know, just uh, with with what I'm saying as far as myself. Um, No, so have the degree, do not necessarily use the degree, but I appreciate the degree because the degree has opened doors for me. And that is, you know, and it went on my own journey and my own opportunities uh, were there. So it's something that I always joke about when I work on the day to day and people say, oh, you were in theater. I didn't I, I didn't realize that you weren't uh, business or or whatever, and I go, ah, right. well, I just act like I know what I'm doing, and so that's how <laughs> that's how you get by. Yes. Then people yes. laugh, and then they pause and go, oh wait, were you just lying to me? No, no, I joke, I joke, I joke. But Matt, yeah, so walk us through your career, how you got sure. started down the acting path, and I know you were in New York for a little bit, and then now you've been in LA for seven, eight years. Yeah. 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 So I, um, you know, what's interesting. Firstly, I want to say I love theater degrees or people who study theater at any capacity and do work. You know, there's all of us that are, are, you know, pursuing the work and and fortunate to do it as, as performers. Um, but I, I think it just really comes through in, in other fields. And I, I love it because I don't know, there's so much training you get out of theater. There's so much, um, there's such a strong sense of self that you're just, 
force to confront and find that um, I know for me, um, you know, I, I didn't really come up through the theater um, or I, as a kid. So I, I, you know, I did, I did plays and stuff, but it was also, I, I was quite disconnected from that. I thought I wanted to do different things. I thought I wanted to be like a, a director or a writer, um, like a film producer. That's, sure. so that's kind of what I, I, I went upstate to, um, or I went to upstate New York to Ithaca College and I did um, more like film TV production. Um, and then I just picked up a theater minor to kind of round things out. Um, and then after spending time out here in LA interning um, and like casting and in development, I just started to discover that what I thought I wanted to do was, was not right for me, mm-hmm. um, which I guess is a good discovery to make. But then I came back um, to school and just had to finish up these theater credits. And honestly, it changed me. You know, so I I really celebrate the theater degree. I know, I guess any liberal arts degree, but like the theater degree, I I stand behind. I really appreciate the amount of respect that I feel now uh, in the, um, I'll say in the corporate world, I feel like there's a, I felt, I felt uh, when I first started uh, in this, in this path around 10 years ago, it was less respected and more of like a fun fact you would bring up at an, (laughs) at an icebreaker. But now I find that myself and others like me with creative arts degrees or liberal arts degrees are asked for the opinions on projects or initiatives because we have a different way of thinking. We have a different way of approaching the problem. And perhaps we're going to ask the questions that someone who's more, um, um, classically trained in this kind of business mindset may not even think of. And yeah. so I, I do appreciate it. And I feel like I've like unrolled it from the tube that the Dean gave me, <laughs> dusted it off and I've hung yes. it on the shelf. <laughs> yes. No, I love that. I love that. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 um, I stand behind that. I really, I really celebrate people with theater degrees in, in any work and that, and that's another thing too. I think, um, it just, it, it comes through in your daily life. It comes through in how you interact with people. It comes through in how you troubleshoot. Um, so yeah, props to that theater degree. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, so I started out in New York. Um, I, after I graduated, I went down to New York City and then I um, studied at the Neighborhood Playhouse, um, started up in theater. Theater was like a great way for me to learn and really thrust myself into everything. Um, and then I'd worked regionally off-Broadway, off-off-Broadway, and then I'd moved... Um, more into commercials. It was just kind of this segue, um, I guess, into some on-camera work. Um, when I was first starting out, I feel this probably this definitely ages me, but it's like around the time that um, like viral videos were <laughs> starting up, yes. like college humor videos. Uh, <laughs> I get right? that reference. Oh, yeah. my, so many of the college yeah, humor the, videos. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that was great fun. That's like how um, I started. I mean, that's that, those were some of the first gigs that I started booking, and mm-hmm. and then I started to not not fully split my time between New York and Los Angeles, but I, I started to come out here to to explore a little bit, um, and then uh, made the move. And yes, I've been quite fortunate to work in in film and TV, and it's been it's been great. I mean, it's you know, for any artist, it's always always a hustle, but it's a good hustle, right? And one that that I find quite exciting. I am interested. So I watched, though, have not finished, though will finish uh, tonight or tomorrow night, depending on my schedule. (laughs) Um, Where do we go from here? So for those who are listening um, and have Hulu, you can find this on Hulu, which is where I found it. Um, It's interesting when you type in Matt Pasqua in Hulu and a movie pops up. And so I was very excited. Oh, my. Cool. So there we go. 
fun treat, my <laughs> yes, goodness. Right. So um, since that's the, the one I'm most familiar with, I want to know yes. just your perspective. So I'd love for you to, to tee up uh, the, the plot, I guess, of the, because it's three different stories in yes. this movie. So tee up the plot and then also what it was like to work on a movie this intense. Yeah, yeah. So it's, um, you know, it's a, it's heavier content to some degree. It sort of talks about, it's inspired by a number of um, events of mass shootings. Yeah. Um, but it sort of works backwards from them. So it sort of explores, it's three different uh, threads of relationships yep. leading up to some unfortunate mass shooting events that um, we've been presented with in the last several years um so uh, yes again it's it's a little bit heavier film i think um i mean of course i'm biased i'm I'm very proud of it um my scene partner who's also the director um or i guess my thread partner if you will right um he's also the director and and he wrote this and um he also has a studio out here in los angeles um actually he has a number of studios around the world like even in vancouver sydney london new york um, but so I'd studied with him and it, it, this had sort of been a new experience for me. I mean, I suppose every job is a new experience, but this in particular was because I'd never worked with a teacher in that capacity. And, mm-hmm. and he was someone that, or is someone that I still very much look up to and admire and had, um, you know, multiple uh, in class, had many discoveries about myself, um, under his guidance and so to work with him and then to work opposite him it was it was challenging in the right way it was challenging because it was so uh it felt really scary to me like it felt um i never i I think when it's when you don't have that relationship prior a lot of times you can just let go and and work together Mm -hmm. um for whatever reason and made it might have also just been me and you know uh, I guess on the cusp of 30, I think was when we were working on that. Maybe, yeah, maybe a little after. Um, it's just my age and maturity. Um, I just felt like I had a lot to prove yeah. to him while we were working together. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think it came, I think he put together a really beautiful film and I was just so stoked to be a part of it because opportunities like that don't always come along. Right. No, definitely. And it, um, I think that's a good point about working with someone who is, um, directing it, writing it, putting something together. That is, there is an additional level of, of pressure, I think, that we put on ourselves um, yeah. to, to get it right because it yes. almost feels, it almost feels like you don't have, you know, you don't have that buffer of like, well, okay, I can recalibrate and maybe it's the scene partner. Maybe we just like go off and, and work that be like, no, you're working right. with the guy running the, running the camera. So you right. gotta, you right. gotta get it right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, I think that also comes across, it, it's interesting as I've gotten older, firstly, the world as we know as you get older it just gets smaller and That's smaller true. and tinier and tinier in a wonderful way mm-hmm. um and it's one thing when you've worked with people before in the same capacity but i think it's it's always interesting when whenever um you're working with people in new capacities you know and like different feel um different roles if you will um at, for me it's it's an interesting dynamic there is there is uh, i don't know maybe it's like the teenage boy in me i feel like i've got something to prove and i and you're right i want to do it right I want to make uh, these people that I believe in and that I'm so honored to work with. I want to make them happy, you yeah. know, especially if it's a, in, in this case, it's, you know, it's, it was a passion project. Yeah. I, yeah. 
That's beautiful. I just noticed you have the poster behind you. Those can't. You're oh listening God. to the podcast. Yeah. You can't. You can't. Uh, you can't see this. But I just looked and I was like, I wonder what poster that. Is. Oh, where do we go from here? All right, there. <laughs> that, that feels so like self-involved. It's like I'm talking about this film. I staged this. No. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. I know that you were like sitting in the same spot, but for a second, I was like, did he just like slowly move to <laughs> the, like the reveal? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to make this as cinematic an experience right. as possible. Well, <laughs> well done. Mission accomplished. Now, <laughs> oh, my have goodness. You, have, you, have, you, have you done – so I have had several friends who have continued to work throughout the pandemic or at least attempted to continue to work. Have you right. had to do the uh, – I don't know, the, the like virtual audition thing over the last year? And what was that yeah. like for you? Yeah. Um, well, it's a shift. Um, firstly, I just felt lucky that I was able to even be doing the virtual thing because it, it was a very rattling moment, obviously, on every level. Um, but for working artists or just artists in general, it's just all of the opportunities for the most part shut down. And it was just so hard. It felt so hopeless in terms of what what do our futures look like? Mm-hmm. Um and so I know a number of artists who just pivoted during the pandemic and started to look at other things that they love to do. And I just didn't have anything. So I was like, <laughs> I guess I just got to keep plowing forward. But yes, I think um, I, long before the pandemic, we'd been moving in, in our business, we'd been moving to this self-tape kind of setup. So there are sure. studios all around these cities where you can go and shoot an audition or you can just kind of set it up at home. And what's really great is during the pandemic in particular, I think, a lot of offices and, and producers were very much like, you can just shoot this on your iPhone. It doesn't need to have this high production value. Right. Um, and then, yeah, doing the virtual sort of, again, via Zoom auditions. I had one today earlier on. Um, so, I mean, th- there's something uh, kind of nice about it because you are in your own space. And, uh, you know, I feel very fortunate we have enough space to kind of create that separation so I can feel uh, comfortable and not on show when I'm doing things like that. Um, but it was a weird time. I, I, I was not um, I was not working during the pandemic, but I'd done a number of sort of, again, Zoom readings and mm-hmm. such, um, which was just at least something to kind of, you know, be active and connect with others. And it's quite odd to act opposite someone on a screen, but I guess that's also part of us evolving, right? Like we just had to find a way to to be able to perform in the pandemic. Yeah. There's two, there's two points you brought up that I thought were interesting. So one, you talked about being comfortable in your own space. And I've noticed that from myself of having to go from being in a physical building and doing presentations and running meetings yeah. and, and feeling that, you know, performative uh, aspect of, of the role of like, I got to make sure like my outfit looks good, that I'm on key. We've got everything, yeah. you know, all this stuff. Um <laughs> Which is great and which is fine. And then you can kind of feel the energy and feel people like reacting to you just like live theater. So that's helpful. However, um, it is, it can be jarring. And so getting to be in this space that you have total control over and can then kind of breathe and just situate yourself, center yourself, and then go into it, um, almost felt like I had gotten a little bit of control back into, into my day to day. And it made, it yeah. was very empowering in a lot of ways. And I've heard it from other folks of the feeling yeah. of being in my own space gave me more power to give to the audition or to the meeting or to Absolutely. whatever. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, we always have to take into account too, you know, I feel like um, we're fortunate to have the spaces yes, that, 100%. that permit that. Um, I, and I know not everybody does, unfortunately, but for, um, for yes, in, in our cases, um, I, yeah, I agree. I, and I'm surprised because I, I do miss um, that, that contact. Like I just miss, yeah. and I think part of it is, is so much, at least, well, I think for a lot of us, I think so much of our work is, is working opposite someone and and having these proper interactions but there is a lot of us like adhering to things whereas the pandemic force it was almost like whatever adherence was demanded of us was significantly lower and i mean it really is you know it's like putting on a shirt but you maybe don't need to put on pants right or figuring out where you're most comfortable in your home and productive in your home. Cause sitting on the couch can, can be super comfortable, but are you productive? How does it, you know, all these things that we never really considered previously. Yep. No, a hundred percent. And I'm interested to know, like, I'll be interested to watch the, um, and I don't mean this in a flippant way, um, but the the 2020 documentary in 10 years about all of the projects that started, stopped, were shelved, were born out of the year yeah. that was. I mean, I'm even thinking about things such as like the way in which we consume movies now is totally different. Um, totally different. Yeah. Nobody would have thought of this um, it, had we not been in this situation. And then now it's it's you know, you've got a hybrid model where you've got it released both ways. You've got something where you can just, just watch it or just go to the theater. I mean, there's, there's a variety of ways. And so now it feels like as a consumer, you have more control over how you want to enjoy your time. Um, and so it's just like, I just thinking about like technological things or businesses creating, creating efficiencies that they didn't previously have a need for curbside pickup, right. Or grocery delivery. I mean, some of these things already kind of existed, but But then such a light level of, of them. And so you're right. The systems weren't really developed and, and yeah, I mean, and that, that's something interesting too. I mean, just even, yeah, like the amount of, you know, takeout and, and how, how takeout had to come together, how every restaurant had to sort of, evolve with that because it, it was no longer just calling up a restaurant and ordering or using any of these services. I mean, every, every restaurant has to kind of adjust. Yeah. And so, yeah, again, I think there are great demands that uh, of, of us as individuals and of businesses and, um, and just our thinking that I, I feel like, I don't know, coming out, this is me probably being over optimistic, but I feel like coming out of the pandemic, a will appreciate at a greater level. Yes, um, just the autonomy that we've we've had and, and the, the progress that we've made. But also, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just going to keep pushing us forward, like really, really excitingly. So, I agree wholeheartedly. Well, Matt, I want to circle back around before we finish this part of the show and ask if there's somebody who's listening who is interested about getting their kids involved with theater or wants to be supportive of them, what is some advice you would want to give them as far as having or helping their young kids or maybe older kids just start out on their theater journey? Yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, this is quite general, but it, my, my uh, mantra is to say yes. So if there are things that you, even as adults, right? Even as adults, I think uh, if there are things that you, want to do that we've we've never really been brave enough to try before say yes and give it a go it doesn't need to be this full steam i think for all of us we think that um, if we're going to try something we've got to go all the way and it's got to you know be this massive commitment that turns into something more and 
you know, if, if there's anything I gathered from the pandemic, it's that we can have hobbies and we can see what these hobbies bring out in us and, yeah. and allow for, you yeah. know? Um, but yeah, for kids, I mean, I think um, community theater is a really great place to go to just start. Um, and, it, and I think, um, I mean, I always stand by theater. I know a lot of people, I, I grew up uh, in Chicago. And so I had a lot of friends who, as, as kids were going out for commercials and such, um, I mean, it's a, that's, it's a different world and, and um, it's, it can open up a lot of opportunity, but I think just, just playing in theater really, I don't know, I think it brings out the right levels of interest and, and it kind of gauges them appropriately too. Like, yeah. is it, is it challenging, like a fear of, of performing or presentations? Is it, um, is there an artistry and like a specific craft within the theater that, that you find that you're interested in, but I, I just feel like um, it's the right gauge. Yes, yes. Yeah. I appreciate that. Your mantra uh, to say yes reminds me of something that uh, has always stuck with me. I got a piece of advice from someone uh, a couple of years ago who said, and this is, um, I think this is applicable in a lot of ways, and so folks can apply it however they want, but the advice I received from her was never turn down an opportunity to have a conversation. And, mm. and she said, you know, it doesn't mean you're committing to working with someone, to saying yes to their proposal. It's not, it's just like, just have a conversation, just hear them out, see where it goes. You never know. It could go nowhere and like, okay, well now, you know, that is a fruitless interaction, but I right. know this, right. But, but her point was helpful. And there's a couple of times where I have wanted to turn down the opportunity to have a conversation because I didn't feel like it. I didn't know the person. I didn't know what it was about. I didn't know what it was going to ask from me. And I'm so glad that I had the conversation because I found it, it forced me to be intentional. Like we were circling back earlier about yeah. showing up and being intentional about committing to the conversation or the event. It forced me to be intentional about why I was there and just to have a conversation. And then it ended up allowing me to be more open to the dialogue than perhaps I might've otherwise been. So yeah. just to piggyback yeah. onto your advice for sure. No, I, I, I love that. And a con that's the thing. It, it's exactly what you said where I think there are so many times where say uh, you have an opportunity to simply have a conversation. And again, in, in a previous world, we were so stacked up and yes. you're tired or you're moody and, and you know, that's everybody, this all happens, but I, I I'm always thinking this way, you know, you can have a conversation and like you said, find that there's, there isn't anything useful there. Um, but I'd rather have that knowledge and, or that the acquaintance of yes. such, um, than looking back and being like, Oh man, I, 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 I should have done that. I feel like right. I should have done is, is, it's just something you can't really, there's, there's, there's nowhere to go with that. A hundred percent, hundred percent. All right. Well, we are going to the next part of the show, which is the things to check out. So it is a segment where I recommend things for the audience to check out and I ask my guests to do the same. So I will start first. And I usually just give a recommendation of who I'm listening to, who I'm reading and who I'm listening to. I will add a who I'm watching because uh, I have all Pride Month themed items for those who are listening. So first of all, uh, I just finished, I know I've talked about it on the show before, but I highly recommend One Life by Megan Rapino. If you're a soccer fan mm. like me, a huge soccer fan, and you love Megan Rapino, as I do, definitely go check out her memoirs, One Life, Megan Rapino. She's fantastic. And the Tokyo Olympics, where she's going to kick ass and win gold for the U.S. Women's National Team, uh, is just in a couple months. So definitely uh, go get primed for the Olympics by reading her book. 
Um, what I'm listening to, I've got to recommend coming out with Lauren and Nicole. I would yes. be remiss to not bring it up and specifically go check out Matt's episode, which I believe, uh, I need to double check this. I believe it's episode 94. I'm going to oh, fa you. fact yeah. check myself right now. Yes, episode 94. So uh, if you want to hear more of Matt's dulcet tones uh, in your headphones, go listen to episode 94 of coming out with Lauren and Nicole, but just go subscribe to the whole thing. Do yourself a favor. That's and then, great podcast. Right. Great podcast. And last thing, who I'm watching. So uh, it's called Pride, and it's on FX. It's a Ryan Murphy series, uh, so limited series, docu-series, about uh, the different eras of Pride in the country. So it starts out with the 50s, and the 60s, and the 70s, and then the 80s. And so mm -hmm. I highly recommend it. If you want just a good history lesson and a good primer on Pride, but check it out. It's on Hulu. It's on FX. You can check it out wherever. And if you're on Hulu anyways, might as well just go uh, watch Where We Go From Here, starring Matt Pascal. Uh, so they were, they were bringing you, it back Joe. around. So Matt, who are you reading? Who are you listening to? And possibly who are you watching? Yeah. Um, who am I reading? Right now I'm reading The Knicks by Nathan Hill, which is a wonderful, fun, quick read. Um, what am I listening to? Um, sadly, I am a tween at heart and I've been listening to Taylor Swift's re-recording of Fearless as well as some of her other re-recordings of her albums. I've actually talked to my friends. Um, we have like a, a great sort of music thread and I'm like, please, please throw some recommendations my way because, um, I'm stuck in like a vortex of T-Swift who I love. Um, and then what I'm watching... <laughs> I mean, I have no shame. I love her. Uh, <laughs> what I'm watching is um, I'm, I'm just about to start watching the I'm about two seasons behind on Pose. Oh, so yes. I'd love to watch the second season um, and then get into this final season. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. And the first season, if for anyone who hasn't seen it, I mean, it's just this A, it's, it's voices that we're finally hearing and seeing and, and diverse on a variety of fronts. And it's sort of a beautiful period piece as yes, well. Yes, 100%. Yeah. And if you like Ballroom after watching Pose, uh, just another recommendation, you should go watch Legendary on HBO Max because mm. that show is phenomenal. Um, I absolutely love it. So it is a reality competition show, but it's all different houses doing ballroom competitions. You're, oh. It is absolutely fantastic. Cannot recommend it highly enough. So... As a teaser, one of the contestants uh, wears a cowboy hat and then makes a dress out of a cowboy hat and then reveals it down the runway. So, like, just there you go. Wow. Like, that's, that's all you need to know. All you need to Ooh, know. Oh, I got to check that out. Yes. What's it? Legendary. 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 Yeah. So, yes. Um, and you were la I was laughing about the music because I do, <laughs> I do a music podcast called After the Encore, and we talk about we talk through different artists and we do a deep dive on their careers. And I did a boy band volume last year uh, because oh, right I am on. also a tween at heart. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, I, I read somewhere that, or, or I read somewhere. I think this was like a tweet that right. I saw <laughs> that um, whoever Very you were listening news. to when you were in, in your, your early teens or like mid teens is who you listen to um, sort of as your default now as an adult and for me that kind of is the truth yes i i would i would co-sign that theory um <laughs> yeah. i i alternate between boy band and pop punk because that is yeah. that was my that was like, our time back yes yep i re i remember that like newfound glory yes time, you know good charlotte bowling for yes. soup blink blink 182 yeah oh. they were my first concert actually blink 182 
No. Mine, mine was uh, Blink-182, Cypress Hill, and then Taking Back Sunday, which was a weird... What? Taking Back Sunday? Yes. Nice. Yes. That was yes. before Taking Back Sunday was Taking Back Sunday. I was yeah. like, who is this group on the yeah. stage crowding up the stage? I don't want yeah. them. I want... Give me Blink. And then like, you know, <laughs> a month later, everybody's like, oh my God, Taking Back Sunday. Oh my God. They were so great. They, they were, were so great live, They too. were. They were. Yeah. Oh, it was... Uh, it, yeah, I didn't know the treat I was in store for when I was yeah. seeing them, but yeah, no, it just. Uh, but but I digress. So, anyways, yes. So <laughs> lots of, lots of uh, free recommendations here. All right. So the last part of the show is the dad joke of the week. It is a segment where I hurl dad jokes at my unsuspecting guest and attempt to get them to laugh while the audience groans. But I can't hear the audience. I can only hear my guest, so it works out for me. <laughs> um, but I do like to put my guests on the spot. Matt, do you have any jokes that you would like to offer up today? Joe, whoa. <laughs> I should have known this too because I I have listened to your podcast <laughs> when we first connected. I mean, I still do, but I foolishly right. forgot. Okay. Um, yes. Hold on. I do. It's not. It, I shouldn't claim this as my own. This is like. Oh yeah. No. None of these movie. are my own. None of them are. I. I yes. Um, okay. Um, okay. Let me see if I can tell it appropriately. Okay. I'm probably going to murder this joke. Nice. Okay. Oh. Oh. But not in a good way. Got it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in a in a in a sad, like, right. <laughs> frustrating way. Um, okay, three tomatoes are going on a walk. Papa tomato, mama tomato, baby tomato. Baby tomato starts to hang back a little bit, and Papa tomato gets really angry. So Papa tomato heads back to baby tomato, squishes him, says ketchup, <laughs> ketchup. It's so bad. Oh, so that is bad. right in the right in the wheelhouse. This is perfect. Oh, I've got um, I've got some one-liner jokes, so a little bit please, of a different please. format. Um, Matt, I wanted to let you know that we're renovating the house uh, right now. The first floor is going great, but the second floor is another story. Oh, it's, uh, another story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I went and saw the chiropractor the other day, and I didn't think he was any good, but now I stand corrected. Because he fixed my spine. All right, last one. Have you heard, Matt, I know that you uh, uh, are a, a pillow aficionado. This is just a broad assumption I'm making. Have you heard about the new corduroy pillows? No. Well, they're making headlines. Head lines because they're corduroy and you sleep on them all right perfect oh. you have to end with the joke <laughs> that you explain or else it doesn't doesn't work <laughs> matt if people want to follow you and see what you're up to what's the best way for them to do that uh you can find me on instagram or twitter at real matt pasqua um and yeah shoot me a message i'm always happy to engage with other like-minded folk and uh yeah this is great fun Oh, Matt, this has been an absolute delight. I am so happy we were able to connect, and I cannot wait to bring you back on the show in the future. Please, um, please do. It would be such a treat, Joe, honestly. Thank you. All right, well, listeners, you've been detoxing with Detox. Now go and make a more inclusive world. If you know of an interesting person or story that needs to be told, please reach out to me at detoxpodcast at gmail.com. That's D-T-A-L-K-S podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at detoxpodcast or visit detoxpodcast.com. Also, be sure to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes if you like the show. It only takes a few seconds and it really helps us out. Link is in the show notes. Finally, thanks for listening. Please come back next week when we'll have another interesting conversation. And special thanks to my producers, Ben Lawant and Galan Aldaco. Without your help and support, this show wouldn't be possible. Thanks so much, guys. Detox is a production of Vocal. 
For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W dot com. <laughs>